Evening Hot Dadout Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the Odd Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. I am your host, as always, the almost through camp, Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. And this is the show where I ramble and rant and empty my brain out for your listening enjoyment. You're welcome. (laughs) And I make fun of some weird news stuff and tell you about some podcasts I think you should listen to because... Like I seem to always say, sharing is caring. (laughs) Except for right now, because my boys are doing their weird summer camp thing and it's just got my schedule all thrown off. So this is another abbreviated show. (laughs) Don't worry, this is the last one, I promise. But first off, how are you doing? (laughs) I feel like it's been, like, it hasn't felt like a week. It has been a really long week. This whole summer camp, boys messing up the schedule, sleep being even more inconsistent than usual thing is really kind of throwing me off. <laughs> really is. It feels like it's been like I feel like I've missed just tons of episodes. It feels like it's been a couple of weeks. And I know it's only been one week, and that's what's so weird about it. It's just been weird. Um <laughs> but you know that doesn't keep me from being super busy. And, you know, for me, when it rains, it pours. And it always seems like there's always stuff to do. You know, I've, I've talked about the sort of menagerie of animals we have around here between cats and dogs and fish and or, or tortoise and all, all of the things. And it, it's just one of those things where sometimes you just have to do all of the stuff all at once. And that was basically my last weekend because our tortoise hasn't, we, we started suspecting that she might be sick. We'd noticed that she hadn't really been moving. She normally is, is kind of, she scurries around her little box and you know, she'll, she's got like kind of a cave area in the back for shade and, and, and all this stuff. And you know, this is the same box that, you know, the cats would frequently use as a, a backup litter box, which annoying as hell, but you know, just one of those times. Okay. Cha- you know, time to change out the, the bedding, do all that. But we started noticing that she wasn't being super active and she hadn't, especially because summer had kind of rolled in and she hadn't been moving around much. She'd a lot of days just sit in the same spot. She wouldn't come out and eat. She wouldn't really, it's like, and you're like, okay, something's wrong. And we start looking it up and it, it, all the signs point to maybe a respiratory thing, or maybe she just needs more light. Maybe she's because, you know, we've got the AC cranked and maybe she's just getting too cold. We don't know. And we're sitting there like, well, shit, we don't want a, a, a sick tortoise. And I'm trying really hard. I have to like consciously say tortoise and not turtle because turtle just is easier to say. Or can I say? Uh, but it's like frog versus toad. You're always going to say frog. You're almost never going to say toad unless you consciously say it. Anyway, we're started worrying about it. And we're like, okay, well, 
let's look into the what are the things we do and what are the things that we're probably not doing the best. And one of those things was, in fact, her bedding. And we kind of knew that the bedding we used for her box wasn't technically probably the best for her. We had we used uh, basically straw or like hay. And I remember when my sister first had this little tortoise, one of the things she said was what was recommended to her was to use like rabbit food or like guinea pig food, you know, something where it's just like you use that as kind of your, your substrate. And because it's something where it's, I guess it's something for them to walk on. It's not hard. It's a nice, you know, soft material, but it's also edible. So if they're eating and they happen to eat a piece of it, it's not going to hurt them. And so we'd, we'd gone with the straw just cause it's a hell of a lot cheaper and easy to clean up and all those sort of things. But we really just were like, all right, let's just suck it up. Let's change out the straw again, which I just changed out the other day. And like, we were like, all right, she's apparently not getting enough heat. So let's go ahead and get her a heat lamp. We never gave her a heat lamp. We'd put her, we'd give her some outside time. Um, we'd, you know, warm baths. And we always would, we'd keep like the, the, where her box is located was near the back door. And so we'd leave the blinds open and let light shine in through there, but didn't seem to be doing the trick. I think just because the AC, it wasn't getting hot enough in her area with the AC and the fans and things like that. So she just wasn't getting enough light and enough warmth. And so we were like, okay, fine. We'll go ahead and suck it up and get a heat lamp. And of course, again, we not wanting to burn up straw. We went ahead and got the, the rabbit big, like 20 pound bag of rabbit pellets to completely re, you know, base refill her little box. And we actually, we kept some of the straw and keep, straw back in her little cave area is a kind of a differentiation. It's like, Hey, it's going to be cooler and softer back there in the back of her cave area where she sleeps. So we did that and we got a heat lamp. And since I just got all that straw, I, you know, was, I was trying to figure out because, you know, she needs to go outside and get some, some outside air and fresh air and, and light. But of course we live in you know the surface of the sun and it it's very easy for a domesticated tortoise to overheat especially when they're not super big and so they have to you have to have an area where they have shade you know you can't just put a tortoise out in 100 degree heat and th- that can kill them if they don't have somewhere to shelter themselves from extreme heat and overheating because they can't self-regulate because reptiles. And so I was like, okay, well, we'll, I'll make, I took all of the straw that I just, cause I basically, when I throw it out, I just dump it out in the yard and I just took it and I piled it all up because I didn't want the dog getting to her. And so we have kind of a raised bed area in the backyard and it's all just dirt. I was like, okay, well, I don't want her just rolling around in the dirt. I mean, yeah, she's a tortoise. She could do that, but meh. So I took all of the straw and laid it out and stretched it out up there and plopped her up there. And at this point, she had been relatively immobile. 
She had not really moved. She hadn't really been very active and hadn't been doing much. And again, we were kind of worried about her that she might be getting sick. And so I was like, all right, you know, I'm going to put her out there and, and get her some fresh air and some, some sun and see how she does. And she's out there for maybe 10, 15 minutes in the straw and just starts taking off like a bolt. And she's like, wakes up and she's alert and starts running all over the straw. And the next thing I know, I look up and she has taken off and she's completely off the straw and has, and has taken off down the thing. And she's about to climb over the edge off of this race thing, which is about two feet. And she is not very large. She is maybe, you know, three, four inches, maybe five inches long. You know, she's not super large and I'm not about to have a scrambled tortoise. And so I'm like, run, grab her and stick her back over on the straw. And I collect as much straw as I can to kind of expand her little pad there. But what I end up doing is I ended up basically building her a second enclosure outside in this little straw pad. I started ripping the, the bricks off the wall where this little, uh, raised bed area. I started ripping those bricks up and I built up a brick wall around the enclosure that ran the, the, uh, straw that I'd laid out. And I took, because we have a, a plastic lid that we would put over her box inside at night to keep the cats from peeing in her box inside overnight because they kept doing that. And so I went and took the lid off of that and propped that up inside to basically build the shade structure. Cause you got to have a shaded structure in there. So I went and built that. And so now I, in the course of a weekend, we, I completely changed out her bedding and her, her interior structure. I went and put, a new water dish in her, in her, uh, inside box. I moved her food dish. We got a new heat lamp going in there to heat. What was basically the corner where the sunlight would always come in or still does, but where the sunlight comes in to basically heat that as her basking corner. So I rearranged her entire living situation inside and created an outside pad for her you know, all nice straw pad with a shade and all this stuff outside for her. And we've started changing her diet and, you know, making sure she's getting uh, proper greens. And I've actually spent the last three days going store to store hunting down because in all of this, trying to figure out what was wrong. My wife actually got an ebook on raising tortoises. And so it had a very exhaustive list of everything that you can feed that is good for your tortoise stuff. That is sometimes stuff like fruit. You shouldn't give them too much fruit because the sugar is bad for their system. It's one of those, they can eat it. Like you can give them apple slices once in a while, but it shouldn't be a regular thing. You know, for tortoises, apples are sometimes food, but then I had a huge list of do nots and cannot have this or this or this or the, and it was probably four pages of do not give this. This is toxic for your, for your tortoise. But of all the things, you know, we, we had been giving her essentially the appropriate food. We'd been giving her uh, the baby greens and the spring mix and that stuff, which is basically what she should have been getting. Um, we have 
tortoise food, like pellets that, but she, we tried giving that to her. She wasn't having it. She was like, Hey, you can have a salad or you can have mush. She took the salad. <laughs> Can't blame her. And so uh, we were trying to deal with that, but then I'm sitting here. Well, I don't want her getting dehydrated. I don't, you know, I don't want her just eating lettuce all the time. So let's find something else. And one of the things that it had on there was cactus pads, prickly pear cactus pads, which it unfortunately listed by the like technical name, which is really annoying when you're sitting there trying to find, you know, you're trying to shop for the thing for your, your pet and you have the technical name. I was like, no, there's gotta be another name for this because it lists that this is a, a human food. And I was like, there's a cactus people eat. What the hell is it? And all my wife can keep saying is prickly pear. Like, no, that's the fruit, the pads. It's a different thing. It's the big pads of it. Turns out it's actually the pads from a prickly pear. (laughs) So I guess the entire part, the entire prickly pear cactus is edible. I wasn't sure because again, the book had it listed by its technical name. And then there's a common name where people just call it prickly pear. Well, that, and then in Spanish and the dish that it is used for nopalitos. It's like, ah, that, that I know. That's the name I know. That's the giant you, you, cause you can, and you go into the right markets and some places it's everywhere. And when we lived in, in Texas, it was in every store everywhere here. You basically have to go to the little Mexican grocer or uh, a taco stand or something to get it. But it's just, you can buy whole leaf or the whole pads of prickly pear pads, you know, dethorned, And you can also buy the prickly pears themselves. Or you can buy bags of pre-diced up chunks because you'll use it. There's a couple of different dishes that use it. I've seen people that also use it in, in omelets and stuff like that. It's an acquired taste. It's a little waxy. It's kind of a tough thing. You've got to cook the shit out of it. Otherwise, it is really tough. Just saying. Um, But... I was like, that, that's it, because I'm thinking it's green. She's a desert tortoise. So it's something that, you know, naturally she would be eating in the wild. And it's got moisture. It's got, you know, it, it's got more water in it than the lettuce does. So I wanted that for her. So I got that finally after three days of, of store hopping and like, well, maybe this one might happen. Maybe I have it over here and finally found a place to had it. And now I'm like, I went, because like, Hey, it'll be easier. I'll just grab the bag of the stuff that's already chopped up and I can just give her that. And it turns out, nope, because now those little pieces are too hard for her to grab onto. I mean, she was eating them, but you know, they're easier for them to get away because they're little pieces. And now I'm thinking, damn, I should have just gotten a big pad and just took a chunk off of it and dropped a big chunk right in her box. But Hey, you know, live and learn. But yeah, and then, you know, through all of that, again, all of this, this tortoise tank and tortoise enclosure drama. Remember how I mentioned that they can overheat? Well, building the whole enclosure outside, uh, you know, have her out there. And I didn't know what the temperature was. I'm like so many things, my personal scale for what is hot what is, you know, pain, <laughs> you know, things like that. My, my personal scale is way out of whack for normal people. 
And so I didn't know that it was 104 degrees outside while we're doing all of this. I just know the sun is out. Yeah, it's kind of hot. I'm sweating. Why? Because I'm hauling bricks from one side of the yard to the other and arranging them out in the sun at like three in the afternoon and it, it, in June. It's it's hot. It's Arizona. That's what it, that's what it is. Well, you know, like I said, she started scurrying around and going nutso. Well, I take her out to the front yard because it's grass, grass. And so like, okay, it's, it's, it's softer than the straw and she won't try and run off. And so I take her out there and I noticed she started like foaming and we started getting real scared. She started like, it looked like snot and foam and mucus and all this coming out of her nose and her mouth. And it was like, she was sneezing and we're getting kind of scared because start googly, googly, googly. And what does it say? Respiratory infection. Get your animal to the vet. They need to be on antibiotics now. And we're like, shit, it is three o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. There's nobody open. We call the nearest place that will handle reptiles and they say, oh, our reptile doctor won't be in until Friday. Shit, we start freaking out. But we end up messaging my sister because it was her tortoise at one time. And she actually mentioned to us that, oh yeah, that happened to her when she was tiny. It's a sign of overheating. That they start, they get too hot. They try running for shade, which is what she was really doing. She was scrambling to find shade and they start foaming because it's, they're just like so overheated and they start getting dehydrated and frothing at the mouth basically. And until they fully cool down again, they just keep doing that. And we're like, okay. (sighs) And by that point, we brought her back inside. We had her back in her interior box in the air conditioned house and cleaned her all up because she was again, kind of snotty, but you know, crisis averted. And it's, it's been very much tortoise watch for the last few days, kind of observing her behavior. How active has she been? You know, how much is, is she, you know, and, appreciating her new basking light and her new food now and all of the things. So, you know, if I remember, I'll keep you updated, (laughs) you know, and with all of this on top of all of the, the, the tortoise drama, I also had to do a full clean out of our fish tank because it long story short, we could not locate the proper filters for the fish tank for some time. And so for a while, I just ended up using a series of off-sized filters and just kind of wedging them in there. And it wasn't working that great. And finally, I was out of those. I was like, okay, I'm going to try and find those things again. Go back another trip to the store. And this is at the same time while I'm buying all the new substrate and the lamps and all the stuff for for the tortoise box. But during this whole big trip, and got what I thought were the right filters. Of course, I'm not that lucky and they were actually too small. So I ended up like sandwiching them into the stupid little filter uh, frame thing. It works. It'll work for now. Next time I get it, I only got two of them. So, you know, next time I need to change them, which is in about a month, then I'll go and try and find the right ones. I'm fairly certain I'm going to have to buy like a 10 pack of these stupid filters to find the right size. But, you know, 
see how that goes when I get there. But by this point, the, everything had gotten so bad, I ended up having to completely disassemble the pumps and scrub everything. And I had to drain almost like two thirds of the water out of the tank to clean everything. But, you know, fish tank got a full overhaul. Tortoises got a full overhaul. Um, did a complete full change on the cat litter while I was at it just to make sure they didn't fuck with the the turtle box stuff again. And, you know, it was just pet work on top of pet work all weekend. But at least now I don't have to worry about any of that shit. And in the meantime, oh yeah, the dog got washed because since everybody's getting stuff done, they might as well wash the dog. But enough about animals. There's one other thing that I've, I've kind of gotten wrapped up in in the last week. <laughs> and it's something where... I, I hate it because I hate, I generally, and I've said this before, have a severe dislike for YouTubers. And by that, I mostly mean like the vlogger style people like the, the Logan Pauls and, and the PewDiePies and those guys who sit there and basically are, are those people who do stupid prank stuff or just walk around with a camera like chronicling their day to day as if their lives are so fucking interesting and they're not, which is why they end up going doing a bunch of stupid shit versus I'm, I'm cool with somebody who has a YouTube channel where they are doing a thing. And I like people who do things and make things and are creative. And so because I like things that are creative and I, and I'm kind of a guy is a kind of a guy because people seem to question that from time to time. But anyway, you know, I, I've caught on to stuff like the the closest thing to ASMR you will ever catch me wanting to watch, which you don't really watch ASMR, you listen to it, but you know what I mean, are wood turning videos. Yeah, you know, where somebody takes a big chunk of wood on a lathe and they sit there and grind it down and to make, you know, a thing. Uh, a globe or uh, we're going to take this stump and we're going to turn it into a table or a bowl or a snow globe because we're going to put resin and we're going to do all this crazy stuff and people do crazy stuff with, with, with wood turning videos. It's really cool, but I, I enjoy watching those. Sam enjoys watching those. And that's kind of the thing is it came from Rihanna would actually watch ASMR like sand cutting and she'd watch cake decorating videos because Sam just likes watching the cake decorating stuff. And so like, I, I'm not going to sit here watching cake decorating. And I came across some wood turning stuff. And so, and he liked watching them do that. And you know, those type of makers and woodworker stuff that kind of also relates to like blacksmithing and metalwork. And you know, when you watch a couple of video game things and, and stuff about video games, the next thing you know, they're like, oh, well, here's this video game. Would you like that video game? Here's a guy, here's a blacksmith making a replica of that sword from that video game. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Next thing you know, you're watching Forged in Fire and you're watching somebody make a, a freaking sword from Devil May Cry or something. I just picked a random game and a random thing. But, you know, you're like, hey, that's cool. And you watch that. Next thing you know, YouTube algorithms and the way they work. And next thing you know, you're getting five more YouTube videos about blacksmiths. And the next thing you know, you've spent the better part of four days binge watching a 
14-part series on a guy making a katana or a nine-part series, and each one is basically a day in his process, of a guy making a knife without using any power tools. Now, I I thoroughly enjoyed both of these things, and I actually uh, subscribed to Alex Steele. Dude's like 20. He's been a blacksmith since he was 11. He's just ridiculous, but he he just makes cool stuff. And so something I started watching this guy and he was like, yeah, when I learned to do this, you know, when I learned this process, I had, you know, power hammers and grinders and drills and all these power tools. I never learned how to do these things by hand, the old fashioned way. So I'm going to make a knife using 100% only hand tools. And so he's sitting there hand forging a knife and he makes like a three inch blade with his nice handle and all this stuff. It took him nine days. It took him nine days to make a tiny little, uh, like utility knife, uh, by hand. Holy crap. This stuff, it makes you, when you're watching these guys, and some of these are like backyard blacksmiths who, you know, their their forge is made from a blow dryer and a hole in the ground with charcoal. And you're like, hey, I could do this. I could totally do this. Look at that. And then you watch the, like, oh, that took that long? Hell no. <laughs> That's what it was for me. But I got so caught up in watching these. And, the, and of course, because Sam likes those sort of things. And it's like, you know, it's blacksmithing and it's, it's fire and it's sparks and it's lots of loud noises and hitting things. And so he loved it. It was great. But yeah, I got really caught up because, you know, fucking YouTube algorithms. <laughs> I've, I think half of my YouTube uh, recommendations right now are, are blacksmithing videos just because I was binge watching. Look at, it was like 14 part process of making a katana and like a nine part thing of making this knife. And then multi-part things and all these challenge videos. And it's like, I'm going to make a sword in a day and I'm going to do and so many things. And so uh, I, I got caught up. I got wrapped up and sucked into the YouTube rabbit holes. Ah, damn YouTube rabbit holes. But, you know, that's the stuff that's been filling my, my time with Sam in the morning. Because we only have, it's, you know, from drop off to pick up. That's what's, you know, we're watching little YouTube videos and cartoons and and taking care of tortoises and all that stuff, you know, for the last couple of weeks. But at least I've only got a few more days because it's only till the end of this week. And who knows, by the time you're listening to this, maybe that's all over and I'll be back to normal. But I'm going to take a quick break and play a promo for an event coming up in July. If you're into true crime, uh, Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss is getting together at, uh, there's a big true crime convention going on in Chicago. She will be part of that. She will be attending and they will be doing, she's doing a live show with the getting off podcast. And so tickets are available. I believe still it's a whole big thing, but I'm going to spin that for you. Spin that. God, fuck. My radio brain is old. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to play that for you and I will be right back to do a little housekeeping and wrap things up.
going to be in Chicago July 13th for the True Crime Podcast Festival, but feel like one day just isn't quite enough? Do you feel like the best way to grasp the intricacies of the criminal justice system are with inappropriate language and alcohol? If so, you're in luck. The night before the festival, on July 12th, at the Arrogant Frog on West Fullerton at 7 p.m., there's going to be a collaboration event between Getting Off Podcast and Ignorance Was Bliss. Get tickets and information at IWBpodcast slash live show. Before I go, I have a little bit of, what does everybody else call it? Housekeeping. Let's, let's do some housekeeping. <laughs> First off, thank you for, for, you know, putting up with these, these off shows. If you, if you like this rather than all of the things, let me know. I don't know. I, it's always great to hear what you think. You, of course, can hit me up in the socials, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, or in the Oddballs group on Facebook. Or, of course, you can leave me a message in the little uh, comments box at odddadoutpodcast.com. Next week should be back to a normal episode with all of the bits and parts and pieces, hopefully. And then, because I realized I haven't been talking about it, I had—I don't know why I was keeping him a secret until the last minute. It seems kind of counterproductive. I'm going to let you know. This month's guest of the month, which will be the week after next, are... Cody and Chris, or Chris and Cody, I don't know which one really prefers top billing from BSP, the Believer Skeptic Podcast, who are actually local podcasters to me, just on the other side of the valley, East Valley people. So keep a lookout for that. And of course, Patreon supporters will get the full uncut version of that early, as early as I can, because I'm going to be cutting that one pretty close. <laughs> But anyway, I forgot where my brain goes. Speaking of Patreon supporters, that's where it goes. Big thank you to all of my awesome supporters. Chris from Play Comics, Heather from Sunshine and Power Cuts, Lisa and Sam from I Shake My Head, and Kate, you heard her before, from Ignorance Was Bliss. Thank you, all of you, for your continued support. And again, if you want to be awesome like them and get your name read here in the show every week, you can click the little Patreon link right there at odddadoutpodcast.com. There are rewards for all sorts of different levels, and I'm working on new stuff, and, you know, you, you never know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to tweak it. I'm trying to give you some more stuff. We'll see. We'll see. I might, I'm, I'm toying with doing more interviews just for Patreon, so you never know what I might start throwing up there. I'm, I'm, I'm experimenting, but that's enough rambling and enough housekeeping big air quotes for today thank you again for all of the putting up with my weird scheduling again it still feels like it's been so long anyway thank you and until next week oddballs thank you and good night